welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time Early Edition on a Monday, and not from the DraftKings Sports Studios, but in fact from the Seattle Sound. Uh, <laughs> proud as always to be presented to you by the by Two Rivers Ford. Since 1983, Two Rivers Ford has been giving you award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A to Z Sports gets you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You, there's still time to bet on Monday night football between the Packers and the Lions, so make sure you're doing so using the promo code A-T-O-Z Sports. Of course, Brymac Mechanical, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs is how you can get uh, in your comfort zone with Brymac.com, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical, and of course, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators, and A to Z Sports Prime Time, even when we're not in my dream address without the stress that you can find at Gary Ashton. Dot com. Uh, I wish it was hoodie weather here in North Carolina, says Christian Ponpon. It's actually pretty warm in Seattle today. I hear the weather is wretched in Nashville. I'm getting ready to catch my flight in about uh, my flight boards in about two and a half hours from now. So I figured we'd do prime time early and then I can make my way back to Nashville. Uh, but I'm, I'm really enjoying the weather. So I'm glad that everything held up because normally this is not the case in Seattle. Certainly it was not the case the last couple of weeks. About, it's about 60, maybe 60, you know, a little north of 60 with the sun. Um, and a beautiful day out here on the Seattle Sound. In fact, I'll pick my laptop up so you can see, uh, you know, where, where we're at today and try not to, well, I can't pick it up too far because my microphone's hooked up. But, you know, the, uh, the pier is directly behind me, the Ferris wheel. We're sitting here on Pier 56. So it's, uh, it's good to be out here and to be able to catch up with you guys a little earlier than we're accustomed to, but certainly uh, going to have a good show. So let's talk about <laughs> Stephen Lumpkin says, shut up and talk Titans. All right, Stephen, you shut up and talk Titans. <laughs> what an asshole. Relax, Stephen, you're going to be fine. I've got literally an hour to talk Titans. I'm going to get there. Shut up and talk Titans. What a jerk this guy is. You know, uh, well, Stephen, I don't know if that's you or if that's your if that's your offspring that that's pictured. So, how am I going to take orders from somebody who isn't even brave enough to put themselves as their profile picture? Instead, you subject your children to that. And I, uh, you know, Stephen, who is that the kind of is that the kind of uh, is that the kind of language that you would use in front of your child? Of course not. So, don't be an asshole and let's get on with the show. <laughs> so, with uh, with Christian Fulton. And with the Tennessee Titans secondary, is a tough day uh, for the secondary, right? Russell Wilson threw for 347 yards in uh, in an overtime win for Tennessee, and nothing, nothing that uh, nothing that jumps out you jumps out to you immediately as as to to say that they had a good performance, right? The statistics don't show that they had a good performance. The turnovers weren't there for them yesterday. Now the pressure they were getting they were getting after Russell Wilson pretty consistently and I thought uh, I thought that was one of the biggest positives to take away but we'll we'll talk about Christian Fulton at great length now Jesse Collier says considering considering it was his second start well no he started more games than that remember because he did start as a rookie without a Dory Jackson uh without if I recall correctly I think it was him and Jonathan Joseph uh, and I'm trying and uh, and Malcolm Butler is the starting three corners at the beginning of the 2021 season or excuse me, the 2020 season. And then, of course, things progressed and uh, things progressed 
and he got hurt. Then he came back. He was the starting outside corner after Jonathan Joseph was cut. So he's, he started some games and ha- now has that experience under his belt heading into year two, and he's and he's done well, right? So uh, the Two Rivers Ford take, the question that I want to ask you guys on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch as we sit here broadcasting live from Pier 56 in scenic Seattle, Washington. Uh, the question that I have for you guys, your Two Rivers Ford take, is who is the Titans' most consistent defensive player right now? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll discuss at length together. Who is the Titans' most consistent defensive player right now? Not the best, not the uh, not the um, not the uh, not the greatest, not the most explosive, but who is the most consistent defensive player for Tennessee? While you guys do that, I will give you uh, I will tell you about Two Rivers Ford before I give you my Two Rivers Ford take here uh, from Seattle, Washington. Before I head back Nashville's way. Uh, Two Rivers Ford presents the Two Rivers Ford take each and every night, and in this case, during the day. Two Rivers Ford has the Built For You program that you can check out uh, if you are, if you do, if you go out to visit them in Mount Juliet and you don't find the kind of car that you're looking for specifically on the lot, well, then you can order the car at tworiversford.com. You can order any model, any uh, any color, any customization that comes with the vehicle that you've uh, that you've chosen and they will bring the car directly to you once it's available after the customizations are done. The Built For You program is one of the many great things that they offer you at Two Rivers Ford, along with the non-commissioned sales staff that puts no pressure on you throughout the car, the course of the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, Aaron Goff says, Buck, is this a special primetime show because of tonight's Monday night football game? No, Aaron, I've just got a, a, a later flight. Uh, then, uh, you know, my, 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 my air travel plans got changed last minute. So we had to adapt and I texted Austin and Zach, because of course they're back in Nashville making the A to Z empire go. And I said, you know, I'm staying, I'm staying in Seattle to do the radio show. Anyway, I'm doing the radio show for my hotel, but my checkout is it, is it noon Pacific time? So I'm going to have a couple of hours before my flight at five 30. Can I do prime time earlier at four 30 central? And see if we can't get this thing going. So that's why we are coming to you uh, live and in person a little earlier than our regular schedule. This is, you know, we may have another situation like this with the L.A. game in uh, in Los Angeles for Monday Night Football, or excuse me, Sunday Night Football against the Rams. But we'll keep you updated on those schedule changes as things go along. So who's the most consistent Titans defender right now? Give me your response on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, Shrike says Jackrabbit has been pretty consistent, dot, dot, dot. Yes, he's uh, he's saying that, uh, and Dom Odell adds that McDougal has been very consistent as well. Um, I, uh, <laughs> listen, you guys have no chill. Consistently bad in the case of Bradley McDougal yesterday. And for Jackrabbit, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut him a little slack on, the, on week one against Arizona because I think there was a lot of problems there. Um, and certainly DeAndre Hopkins is not an easy assignment. It's not that you can completely excuse the performance because the performance was bad. But I think you can grade on a curve. And and I thought, you know, it was not – I don't blame Jackrabbit Jenkins for the, the coverage bust because they had three plays. Seattle had three plays that went for two, t- two of Russell Wilson's touchdowns yesterday and a total of 182 yards through the air, which is ridiculous, right? He had 347 total through the four quarters and into overtime. Um, and so you can't say that the Titans defense is playing their best football right now, but you are seeing progress 
from week to week and from preseason to regular season, which is the kind of uh, situation that you're looking to stack. Uh, Jay Brown, get down on Twitter says that it's big Jeff. Uh, he also adds Autry. So he's picking two, which is not the game that we're playing right now, Jay Brown, but you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, Adam G 52 on Twitter also says Christian Fulton. Troy Wood agrees. Uh, Jared Clark says, Buck, it's big MF and Jeff. And listen, Jeffrey is, Jeffrey is fantastic. Jeffrey is probably their most talented, uh, defensive player. Jeff, I think, is hugely consistent, and I don't want this to sound like I don't want this to sound like it's an indictment of Big Jeff, which is to say that I'm not selecting Big Jeff as the Titan that I find to be the most consistent. Uh, Jeffrey, you know, there are there are moments when you see the kind of greatness that you expect from somebody who was who's lauded as the next Indomitian Sioux or the next, you know, uh, the next not Vita Vea but uh, Fletcher Cox in Philadelphia one of these great interior defensive linemen that is going to help elevate everybody around him, right? If you can push the pocket from the inside, he doesn't necessarily have to get the sack as long as the guys are there to clean it up on the edge. That's what Bud Dupree uh, is supposed to be there to do. That's what Harold Landry is supposed to be there to do. And you saw that work against Russell Wilson yesterday at the game. So in in the case of Jeffrey Simmons, I think there's a lot there. There's a ton of potential. Um, But when you look at consistency right now for the Tennessee Titans, it's about their coverage, and their coverage has been most consistent when Christian Fulton is on the field. Yeah, I, I say both uh, being confident and just being comfortable. You know, I feel like the game slowed down for me a lot this year. You know, so and uh, just the vets, you know, helping me. You know, the coaches helping me. You know, in the film room, just trying to, uh, you know, make plays. You know, uh, and just trying to make sure I build up on my games. You know, throughout the week in practice. You know, just want to make sure you know the guys give me a good look, so I'll be ready on Sundays. Uh, it's definitely big, you know. It's, it's it's great when you know your coaches believe in you. They give you an extra boost of confidence. So it's great to uh, you know to know that the coaches believe in me, and uh, you know I just don't want to let them down. You know whatever the task may be for me that week. That's Titans cornerback Christian Fulton speaking to us media after their 33 to 30 overtime victory against the Seattle Seahawks. Last night, speaking on, you know, what has what has caused this consistency, the trust that the coaching staff has in him. I, uh, producer Reed told me that the audio is pretty low, so I hope everybody could hear that okay. But Christian Fulton has been fantastic uh, in these first two games. Now, he'll need to maintain, right? The Titans need him to maintain. But he's been able to stabilize one half of the field, which is, a, which is so difficult in the NFL, given how difficult it is to play as a defensive back with the way that the league legislates. Uh, We're going to get back. I'm going to tell you why he's been so consistent, and I'm going to tell you what Mike Vrabel's been saying about him here in just a second, right after I remind you about DraftKings Sportsbook. America, if you can't tell, there's a car that just started up next to me. I'm I'm literally in a parking lot on on Pier 56 in Seattle before I catch my flight back to Nashville here in a couple of hours. And I'll tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook uh, while the cars pass me by. The cars and the cruise ships behind me. DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. They're also an official betting partner of the NFL. Uh, to kick off week two, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook had a tremendous offer for you, right? $200 in free bets instantly when you bet a dollar on any football game. The same applies to week three, and there's one more game to bet 
in week two. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers 200 bucks in free bets instantly when you bet at least $1 on any football game. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A2Z Sports to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code A2Z Sports to get $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2Z Sports. So Christian Fulton is is the Titans through two games, right? It's early, and this could change from week to week. I don't I don't anticipate it getting much more difficult because it sounds like the Colts are in a pretty bad way right now. I don't know how many of you saw the Adam Schefter report that uh, Carson Wentz and uh, Terod Taylor both experienced pretty significant injuries in week two. I saw Trevor Lawrence got pretty banged up as well. So the whole the whole AFC South right now is a crapshoot, and Tannehill's honestly lucky that he's held up the way that he has, given how many times the Titans' offensive line has let him get hit back there through these two games. So, But but in the case of Christian Fulton, when it comes to consistency, I, I really think that this offseason made all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world as far as, uh, as, far as, as far as his development, his growth, his ability to put on NFL weight through an NFL strength and conditioning training program, a normalized offseason training camp, all of these things that he completely lacked, right? And we've talked about this uh, leading into the season and how Mike Vrabel has been saying over and over again, he's he's so excited to watch Christian Fulton get out there and play. And so far, Christian Fulton has rewarded his coaching staff's strength or uh, trust in him, belief in him, confidence in him with two really strong performances. Now, again, the totals, when you look at total defense, you see that Russell Wilson threw for 347 yards and what did Russ have, four four touchdowns yesterday uh, through the air, and two of them came on massive chunk plays, right? 68 yards to Freddie Swain and a 60-yarder to uh, Tyler Lockett and wasn't the only chunk play that Tyler Lockett had throughout the course of the day. With Christian Fulton, though, Christian Fulton, his assignment was not Tyler Lockett. Christian Fulton was not responsible for the coverage busts that allowed Freddie Swain and Tyler Lockett to take advantage of the Titans' defense yesterday. No, he was responsible for DK Metcalf. Now, DK, I went up and I went and looked up the stats to see what DK did, and DK had about. Excuse me, while I adjust my seat here a little bit, I'm sitting. Would you guys hear the foghorn? How cool is that? There's a cruise ship behind us. I'm gonna see if I can. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I know there's a lot of distractions going on, but. In a cruise ship with a foghorn. The whole deal. It sounds like SpongeBob SquarePants' alarm alarm clock. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I thought that was cool. Um, with DK Metcalf, so DK had six catches for 53 yards, and I just wrote about this at AdZSportsNashville.com. Six catches, 53 yards, but the key there was he had 11 total targets. So Russell Wilson kept trying to go to DK Metcalf, but they weren't able to make create those big plays down the field that DK and Russell are famous for, right? Now, Tyler Lockett still got, got a piece of their ass, but it's a, uh, but it's a situation. Uh, Demetrius said, Buck got spooked, LOL. I was like, yeah, what the hell is that? I've never heard of Falcorn in, in real life in, in, uh, in my life. So, yeah. <laughs> You're adjusting to take, yeah, no, I'm not passing gas there. On, and that's, that's the more 
appropriate way to say that. I hate I hate the word fart. It's so harsh. No, I'm sitting on a railroad tie. That's why I'm adjusting myself because this is not the most comfortable uh, seating arrangement in the world. But it's okay. We're doing prime time. We're locked in. We're focused here from Pier 56 in Seattle. So to that end, uh, DK Metcalf, when Christian Fulton was in coverage of him, DK had one catch for eight yards on five targets and no touchdowns, right? When Christian Fulton was in coverage of the of the Seahawks' best receiver, he was uh, DK was was not effective. You saw a lot of pass breakups. You saw a lot of uh, you saw a lot of good effort, good plays, good tape from Christian Fulton yesterday against Seattle. And so the coaching staff has been talking about this a lot. the uh, The defensive players have been you know saying that they're working through the process, and there was communications issues yesterday against the Seahawks, but they ended up pulling off. Uh, the win, and even though the yardage totals are bad, the third down percentage was much better than it was a week ago. And the the just the basically the playmaking ability of somebody like Christian Fulton, you saw more and more on tape. Uh, Michael Jones says, "Give Tannehill some props." I would. I mean, I get. Listen, did, did you not watch the show last night, uh, Michael? We all we did was talk about Tannehill and Derrick Henry in the offense. And Ryan Tannehill was great yesterday. Three uh, Tannehill himself over three hundred yards. Dicing up the Seattle secondary down the down the stretch in, in large part due to Julio Jones and Derrick Henry had a big game as well. It was a it was a great performance by the Titans offense in the second half. And certainly the Titans defense found ways to make just enough plays to give their team an advantage. Um, Fulton was in his head, says, I hate Buck Rising. <laughs> YouTube, I love that. I uh, keep that energy. I hate Buck Rising. Yeah. <laughs> Some days I do too, but I hate you more. <laughs> I just always remember that. As much as you hate me, I hate you more. <laughs> That's too funny. On uh, on A to Z Sports Prime Time, live from Pier 56 in Seattle. Uh, still concerning a Seahawk can get that wide open, says G-Man. Yeah, but that's that's an Amani Hooker issue, right? Amani Hooker wasn't on the field. Um, and Bradley McDougald, who we had on the radio show, and we were talking to Bradley about, hey, you used to play for the Seahawks. Uh, you've played against Russell Wilson when you were with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Should be uh, should have some good insight on how to uh, on how to. Yeah, so I see I see the Seahawk the Seagulls too, right? It would be great for content if a sea if a seagull uh, dropped uh, dropped a present on my shoulder on my uh, on my uh, on my back here. That would be fantastic for uh, for video content. But you know, knock on wood, I got to sit through it five-hour flight after this, so I'm hoping that I don't have to do it with seagull dung on me. Um, but to that point, Bradley McDougald was terrible. Um, he really was. And the coverage busts were in, like, behind the, behind the safeties, right? So whether, you know, how often that it was all on Bradley, Bradley McDougald or whether somebody got mixed up in coverage, like Chris Jackson I saw was pretty close to Freddie Freddie Swain initially and seemed to kind of like let him drift behind the safeties. And that's where that big 60 yard, 68 yarder on third and 12 came down. Um, what I'll say to you is that uh, what I'll say to you is that Amani Hooker um, makes a big difference when it comes to trying to solidify the secondary. And, and, you know, it only took one week for somebody to be put on IR and then those issues to arise. Uh, Theron says, Buck, you catch that video I tagged you in. No, I did not. I'm sorry. Um, did y'all notice, says, uh, says J.J. Parsons, after one of our wide receivers got going, suddenly Derrick Henry had room to run. So the pass sets up the run, maybe. Yeah, that's right. That's, I've, been, I've been saying it for weeks. Isn't that the truth? 
Uh, is drama live right now, says Clarence Newsom. Yes, I am live. I'm sitting on the pier in Seattle on a railroad tie in a parking lot on Pier 56 because I wanted to do the primetime show early and then get to the airport so we didn't miss a show, even though we normally do this at 8 p.m. Central Time. Today, we are doing this uh, a little earlier for the, the viewing pleasure, and I'm glad that we got to be able to do this. Uh, so with that being said, let's move on and let's spend some time on the officiating yesterday because we, we we did not we did not talk about that in as much length. We did it a little bit at the end of the show, but I wanna I wanna ask you guys what was the worst officiating error from the Titans versus the Seahawks yesterday? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We will discuss it at length together right after I tell you about our friends at. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. You can get in your comfort zone as the season's in Nashville. I'm, I hear that the weather is not as nice in Nashville as it is in Seattle. So as the seasons begin to change, transition from summer to fall and into winter, you want to make sure that your heating and cooling uh, units are functioning at a high level, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac mechanical at primac.com um so what was the most egregious officiating error because there are four that i can come up with off the top of my head that was really bad uh nikki uh the nikki deballon nikki deballon says uh the safety well it wasn't a safety but it, it should have been a safety but it wasn't called a safety right tl thrash says the safety as well uh john bopst says got to be the julio touchdown that got overturned for Stephen Cato. It was the safety. Uh, Nikki also adds the uh, Chris Carson first down that was well short. Right, I saw somebody tweet out that uh, that the, he that I can't remember if it was a he or she on Twitter that I saw, but that they wished that the uh, officiating crew from Titan Seahawks yesterday was a part of the 1999 Rams Titan Super Bowl where Dyson is reaching <laughs> reaching a yard short of the end zone. Uh, and it looks about the same distance as Chris Carson was from the actual first down on third down when it was ruled uh, it was ruled a first down, uh, and Mike Vrabel didn't challenge it. Now we asked Mike what we asked Mike about this, and you know he's been pretty consistent on his uh, on his belief that when it's so hard to get them to overturn those as an officiating crew, they so rarely do. Um, that the percentages just don't work in your favor. Even one as obvious as that one was yesterday, it's so rare that they overturn the spot. So I get I get why he didn't do it. I get why he was loath to do something like that, but that's as close as we've seen him, right? He was sitting here with his with his hand on the trigger yesterday. We were watching him from the press box to see if he dropped the flag, and he looked like he was close to it, but he ultimately decided to keep things moving because he knew he, he didn't want to lose a timeout in that situation. Um it was, but we will take it, says Rich. Uh, the first down was BS. Julio touchdown was BS, and the safety was BS. Well, and you're leaving out the calls that went against the Seahawks, right? Like, there were some bad calls on the Seahawks, too. Like, that taunting penalty on, uh, I think it's DJ Reed, the corner who was on, who got beat by A.J. Brown, and, and then, you know, for whatever reason, he got beat. So, I'm not sure why he was flexing after the play because it was an incompletion. It's just Tannehill overthrew A.J., who probably would have had a touchdown, assuming that he caught it because he had – trouble with the drops yesterday but uh Tannehill overthrew him DJ Reed was kind of like uh, had his kind of was like kind of dragging on AJ's hips uh as they were both going to the ground and <laughs> DJ Reed got up and uh, got up and flexed and the, the the refs flew a flag for taunting in a pretty big spot in that situation so 
in that scenario, uh, I love that you're seeing sailboats pass behind me too. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to quit getting distracted by the background, but I do think this is pretty cool here, live from Seattle on Pier 56. Um, I do think that 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 was that was a terrible call in a high leverage situation, and I I hate the taunting penalty as is, but uh, to have it called in that situation for Seattle, I thought was bullshit too. Um, so which which was the worst of the officiating? of the officiating uh, mistakes. And there were, there were several. Uh, Nikki says that should have been PI. Uh, that taunting call was really PI though. I don't know why they didn't just call. Well, we thought the flag was for PI and I honestly didn't think it was. I didn't, I mean, at least from our vantage point in the press box. And then we saw the review on the TVs in the press box. Didn't look like pass interference to me. Cause the, I mean, the ball didn't look catchable. It was well over AJ. Like it, he missed AJ pretty soundly. Um, but what was the worst of the officiating calls? Now, I know a lot of people are going to say the Julio Jones touchdown because Julio Jones deserved that touchdown for as much as he did to do it. But we asked Mike Vrabel today at his uh, post-game recap press conference, day after recap press conference, about what he thought of the uh, safety that wasn't a safety that should have ended the game. This is what the Titans head coach had. Out of safety, non-safety was ruled at the end for progress for the quarterback. And did you see anything? on film that made you think potentially could have been called a game ender? Um, no, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and debate the officiating. I, they, they didn't see it as a safety and apparently they saw it as in the graphs and called a sack and it's what it was. Look at that. Look at that little smirk Mike's got on his face when he's talking about that. He know he knows that he's not going to get into an argument about officiating because he's trying not to get fined. Mike Vrabel speaking at the press conference today, talking about the call, the no call on uh, on Russell Wilson and Ola Adenyi. Ola Adenyi's first career sack against Russell Wilson yesterday that should have ended the game in overtime, but ultimately was called a sack at the one-yard line, which didn't make much sense from an officiating standpoint. Uh, Greg Armstrong says safety. Uh, uh, safety was the worst. He says that because he doesn't want to get fined. Yeah, the say he he don't want to he don't want to take the fine, especially the day after the game. If he's not going to get emotional about it yesterday, he sure as hell is not going to sure as hell not going to do it the next day. Theron says why he always downplay certain things. Well, because Theron, do you not know how this works in the NFL? Do you know how much that costs if Mike Vrabel criticizes the officiating? You know why Julio Jones didn't criticize the officiating yesterday? So they're going to hit them square in a bank account if they criticize the refs. So that would be a dumb decision on their part. And you don't want your coach to be dumb. In fact, you want your coach to be smart. And Mike Vrabel, more often than not, more times than not, I'm smart. Malachi uh, Perry says, we won the game. Talking about the Titans, no reason to. No, at that time, you should. that's the moment that you should have won the game. Uh, oh, you're talking about not getting emotional. Well, yeah, I do. I do, uh, I do understand. It's like a $15,000 fine, says Jeff Roberts. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, Julio Jones, that unnecessary rough, roughness penalty from week one cost him cost him north of 10K. So listen, these guys, these guys aren't going to uh, these guys aren't going to <laughs> to jeopardize themselves, especially the day after the game. It just doesn't make any sense. So that was in, as far as I was concerned, because that should have ended the game. That was the more impactful no call. Uh, I thought for me particularly, particularly. Uh, that that was the worst of the calls, but I, I, th- I actually the worst call was the Chris Carson first down that wasn't a first down. But the more impactful non-call was Ola getting a safety on Russell Wilson uh, in the end zone. 
So let's wrap up this uh, early afternoon edition of primetime so I can get to the airport and make my flight back to Nashville. Uh, Stacy says, pretty background. Yeah, we're live out here on Pier 56. Uh, I wish I wish that these uh, this railing was actually this railing is the only thing keeping me from falling into the Seattle sound. So I'm grateful that the railing is here, but I wish that there was less railing so that you could you guys could see more of the sailboats and the cruise ships and and uh, crab ships and all these things that are passing by me as we do the primetime show. Uh, a court of Jake on Twitter says that was definitely a safety. I was right there in that end zone. Oh, well, then you saw. I mean, hell, everybody saw it. Everybody, everybody except the refs saw it, which was funny to me. But anyway, let's move on and let's talk about the bigger upset in yesterday's slate of NFL games. What was the bigger upset of the NFL weekend? Was it the Titans over the Seahawks, over the Raven, or excuse me, or the Ravens over the Chiefs? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube. Twitter and Twitch. We'll discuss at length together here on A to Z Sports Prime Time, uh, not from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios, but from Pier 56 in Seattle before I head to the airport. Uh, let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. The official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, the victorious Tennessee Titans, is Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate team. They will put you in your dream address. They will help you sell your home for more if you're in the market to do so at GaryAshton.com. The best in the business and with the best intel when you're either buying or selling your home. Sell for more at GaryAshton.com. And again, find your dream address without the stress like I did. And I'm looking forward to getting back to my dream address without the stress because it's been a great road trip, but I am, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I'm ready to come home for sure. Uh, although I may, I may stop and get some uh, chocolate covered, uh, chocolate covered almonds here at Miner's Landing right after we wrap up before I have to get in the car and head to the airport. Uh, so, which was the bigger upset? Uh, Lil Lil Kilo on uh, YouTube says screw KC and Baltimore. Um, Deborah Gale Cook says the Ravens was the bigger upset. Percy Sledge agrees because uh, they beat the Chiefs, who they have going to the Super Bowl before before everybody has going to the Super Bowl for, before any games have been played. Uh, Tim Dickerson disagrees. He says Titans versus Seahawks because not only were they were the Titans the underdogs, but they were down twenty four to nine at half. How did they win that game? Yeah, that's a good question, Tim. They won that game because they have Derrick Henry. Uh, and they have Julio Jones, and they're too talented to look as shitty as they did in week one on offense. So it was nice to see them kind of step up in a way. And really, I, I thought Todd Downing really, really found his stride as far as play calling was concerned. I think uh, I think that was the case. D.B. Cooper says chocolate, quote, unquote, chocolate-covered almonds. You meant to say gummies. No, I the, the dispensary trip was well, well before, well before the flight home, uh, D.B. So, uh you know, we, we saved that for early in the week when I had a little downtime to, you know, to, to see the sights and to, you know, take advantage of all that the great state of Washington has to offer that the state of Tennessee does not. <laughs> uh, he, Clarence Newsom says he really called a good game on Twitter. Yeah, that is true. Uh, uh, I, I really I really was impressed with Todd Downing's play calling. I hated it on the first series because they went run, run, pass, three and out, and it drove me insane. Uh, and then they found ways to adjust and they found ways to, and Ryan Tannehill, I thought really, really operated at a high level um, in a, in his hostile environment as any there is in the NFL. There's not a louder place in, in the league than in Seattle. And I've been to Kansas city for that AFC title game a couple of years ago when the state, 
stakes are as high as humanly possible. No, no pun intended. Um, but uh, but uh, 24 Sherlock says the offensive line was the MVP. And that's interesting because I, I didn't think the off, in, interior offensive linemen were good. But Ty, Ty Sambrello and Dave, David Questenberry really held up well. They only allowed one pressure and no sacks between them. Sambrello gave up a pressure on Tannehill early in the, early in the game. Uh, after Taylor Lewan was ruled out, ruled out, and Mike Vrabel wouldn't wouldn't comment really on on what the status of those two are. He said just basically, you know, we'll wait how and see how the week progresses and see where both him and Roger Saffold are. Um, have you discussed Michael Pruitt? Dude was bringing it and was a huge boost. I spent a lot of time. Said so that's from Ugo Sports on Twitter. I spent a lot of time on Michael last night and on the radio show uh, today, and uh, and we played a lot of uh, a lot of his audio from uh from last night speaking to the media but uh the the situation for the titans as far as i was concerned the bigger upset was the uh was the chiefs or excuse me the ravens over the chiefs because kansas city and they were in baltimore right they were in baltimore so that's a uh, that's a different situation because kc is as is is a crazy it's a crazy atmosphere um but i'll say to you that the Ravens over the Chiefs, even though the Ravens are are as good a team as any in football, I think that 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 shakes the AFC up pretty substantially, right? It's not just it's not like they took a divisional loss either of them, right? Um, that would impact the wild card potential, but to see them take an AFC a conference loss, especially when the Titans have the Chiefs on the schedule in Nashville. There are, now, now it was KC had them dead to rights until Clyde Edwards Alaire fumbled. But um, but I would say to you that all it takes is those little margins of victory, right? Forcing fumbles is what helped the Titans beat the Chiefs in week 10 back in 2019. Remember, David Long forced the fumble, Rashawn Evans recovered it, ran it back for a touchdown. Those plays can happen against Kansas City. They they may be damn near perfect, but <laughs> It's still football, and football's weird, and football happens. Uh, football happens in strange ways, and certainly it did last night for Kansas City. That was the bigger upset, even though, even though what the Titans did in Seattle here in Seattle yesterday, um, you know, they deserve all the credit in the world for it because they really did fight back. Uh, didn't the left tackle get ta- rocked on Tannehill fumble? No, that was Aaron Brewer, who is the who was the left guard when Roger Saffold went out the first time. That was the first play that Roger Saffold went out. Uh, and really, Tannehill got rocked a couple of times, and they were both on the re- result of interior offensive linemen because Nate Davis just straight up didn't pick up Bobby Wagner on a blitz, came clean and just decked Ryan Tannehill. Um, I can't remember if it was a third down, but that drive that was after the big Julio Jones catch uh, that he had. I think it was 51 yards. Uh, no, according to Jake points out, that was Swaim, uh, Sw- Jeff Swaim, excuse me. Um, Excuse me, uh, uh, Jake, thank you for correcting me. It was not Aaron Brewer. It was Jeff Swaim that got beat because initially I did think it was uh, I did think it was Sam Brelo off the left side, but it was, in fact, the tight end who was blocking. Um, and then, you know, Bobby Wagner coming right right between David Questenberry and Nate Davis uh, caused problems. Evan C. White says awful early for Buck Rising. Yeah, it's true. But I've got a flight that I got to catch home from Seattle trying to you know I love it here. I would I would come back and visit. In fact, I'm, I am going to come back and visit as a cruise ship. Uh, clears the uh, clears the pier behind me. I wonder if you guys can see it uh, as it's as it's pulling out. I think my uh, prime time on the road graphic may be blocking parts of it, but it's turning the opposite direction from us. 
as we sit here on Pier 56. There it is, pulling out, pulling out of the, uh, pulling out of Pier 56 on Miner's Landing right now. But yeah, the bigger upset was the uh, Ravens over the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs, and it you very rarely do they make mistakes like that. But when they do, you got to be there to capitalize on them. And sure as hell, the Ravens were when they were up a point because Kansas City was in field goal range, and that game was about to end poorly for Baltimore. Uh, that's going to do it for us today from Seattle. It's been a lot of fun. The next time we speak, I will be back. Uh, the next time we speak or talk to each other, I will be back in Nashville. Uh, we'll do the radio show tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll spend some more time on the Titans and what's what's happening in the AFC South because there's been a lot of quarterback injuries. Uh, really, all three of the quarterbacks, all three of the other quarterbacks in the division got banged up in week two, and we'll talk about that. Primetime resumes its normal time slot tomorrow uh, when I will be home. And, of course, the radio show from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. There's going to be a new 615 Sessions podcast in your feed tomorrow afternoon that we'll record. And then, of course, the install with Greg Cosell that I do uh, that I do every Wednesday as well. Great week of content. There's an article that I wrote about Christian Fulton, a little more detail on his day yesterday in the uh, where, where he showed up on the field and how he's now become the Titans CB1 um, as the new look secondary kinds to kinds of settles in a little bit, even though they, they had Russell Wilson took him for a ride. I don't know if Jacob Eason is going to be able to do that in week three, but it wouldn't be the first time that the Titans have had a hard time with a Colts backup quarterback. Regardless, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Enjoy Monday night football uninterrupted this evening, and we will speak tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Primetime.